Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet who's not crying. You're crying. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's been, been a emotional, emotional there. It's an emotional episode. <laughs> hey, it's the Noobs and the Hoobian. My name's Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Trip and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the, the Noobs. noobs. Oh, I thought I got you there. This is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode sometimes and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and two sons who have so uh have oh right have. yes uh, I was like, Corbin, you're wrong. oh trip you're uh, welcome way. to episode 196 covering series five episodes 10 there there's a lot of that <laughs> vincent and the doctor this is the one where the real villain was the demon inside us all all, all inside us <laughs> all along inside why us that, all, all along why was that so hard to read because i thought it was the demon inside us all oh all no along. all along it was only inside of one person <laughs> now corbin has okay take two all, all, all along this is the one where the real villain was the demon inside us all all along all along all along all along all along all along hey right. this is story number 210 originally airing june 5th 2010 to 6.76 million british viewers british. the only kind that matters <laughs> written by richard curtis um guess what what richard curtis was the executive producer for curse the curse of fatal death oh. that we're covering next week and i was like that one that better be awesome. good then i guess because um, this one is really good so he was also uh, a writer for mr bean oh, okay of course makes sense four weddings and a funeral notting hill bridget jones diary and the writer and director for love actually so for those of oh. you who have seen all those movies you'll notice the pattern these are uh, four weddings and a funeral Notting Hill Bridget Jones diary fall into this very specific subgenre. at least in my mind it's not just rom-com it's like a particular type of rom-com in this era I would say I think I want to say these were um, those three were all all 90s I think and then Love Actually was a little bit more recent and starred uh, Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell huh which Actually worked. Some, yeah, yeah. Um, I okay. So I I cannot speak to its family friendliness because I I, oh, I can't remember. Mm. We watched it like uh, a couple years ago. But what I can say about Love Actually, it surprised me. So if you're thinking about watching it, watch it and and hang in there. If you're watching it in like the first thirty minutes, you're like, mm. nah, I don't want to watch the rest. Of it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Just do it. Watch it. Don't skip nine and keep watching Love Actually. That's, yeah. that's, all, that's all I'm going to say. Um, so at any rate, yeah, um, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Bridget Jones Diary. Um, I'm trying to remember, um, somewhere in the com- in the combination of those films, um, you also had Hugh Grant, who um, is, he's in, I think, a couple of those. And he, we're also going to see him. So he and Rowan Atkinson are both in The Curse of Fatal Death, which again, the EP was Richard Curtis. So he is, he has worked with some of these actors before, um, which again, you know, we said, remember when we used to like geek out about that and until we realized that it was always the case in the UK. Yeah. Like we're like, Hey, you know, we're over here as Americans doing like six degrees of Kevin Bacon and you know, Brits don't get that. They're like, I can yeah. connect every two British degrees. actor in two degrees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, um, you know, connect these two actors. They were in seven movies together. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, that you would have to disqualify Graham Norton because he's had like everyone on that show. <laughs> he would just immediately like yeah. connect every single person. Anyways. 
It was also uh, directed by Johnny Campbell, who also did The Vampires of Venice. If y'all remember that one, which was another another great um, Amy episode. Right before mm-hmm. this one? Two before this one? Something uh, like that. Co- co- yeah. Couple of episodes. It's the first, yeah. I think three episodes, adventure. two stories, I want to say. I think it was like Vampires of Venice, and then it was uh, The Hungry Earth, Cold Blood, two-parter. And then of, this, uh, I think, maybe. Of um, Rory attacking a giant scorpion with a broom in that episode. A giant scorpion? It's whatever. And the Vampires of Venice? The vampires were like weird things. Yeah, they were more like, I, I always thought of more yeah. like wasps, maybe, kind of, sort of. Wasps? Our memories aren't very good. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Wasp. Um, so miscellaneous trivia. Get this, guys. The original script was to- for this episode. We're, we're, we're now back to <laughs> Vincent and the Doctor. The original script was totally an, an historical piece, Doctor Who historical piece, where they hung out with Van Gogh for the day. Hmm. And there was no monster. Like they just hung out with Van Gogh. Like, and I'm going... Yeah, nah. but there had to be more than that. Yeah, There's what do you no do? Way. Like, they didn't just hang out with Genghis Khan. Like, they they would do something. You know, yeah. there would be a thing. Um, but at any rate, it was, it was a much more laid-back piece, and the executives insisted on a monster. I do agree with that. I do, too. I, I don't have I, to I don't be a love. monster, but something other than just hanging yeah. out. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like just... You know that Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know that there had to be, or they, or they were busy unraveling why he saw the world the way he did, and it, and oh, it was yeah. uh, it was an alien technology or something like that. Uh, who knows? Um, they didn't. The, the Wikia didn't get that far into they it. Just but have it did like say, a normal day with Van Gogh. That's <laughs> that so not... weird. All right, do y'all remember the opening of uh, what was it? What was the Angels episode where the Statue of Liberty was an angel? Was that Angels Take Manhattan? Maybe. Um, do y'all remember the beginning of that episode where they're like reading a book in the oh, park? Oh yeah, like what? and they like Rory so goes for weird. coffee. Imagine like a whole episode like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, it's the doctor having a picnic, you know, like that's all it is. With that's Van, like fun with to Van Gogh. see for a, like a couple no, minutes. That's but. fun to hear about during an actual episode. Cause that's what we normally yeah, do. It's yeah. like, Oh, you know, like the time that I had a picnic with so-and-so, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, um, the cast, I don't think I talked about this last time because much of this information was new to me. So Dr. Henry Black, he was the, the art historian, uh, that we see in the beginning and in the end, he's the guy that makes Vincent cry. That guy played by Bill Nighy, who, uh, he, when, when I first watched this episode, I was looking at this guy going, who is he? I recognize him. And so I felt like, um, is he an actual art historian and that's why I know him or something like, first of all, there was something, do you know a lot of art historians? Or no, no, no. Like, in, yeah, you, like, you come like up, with, um, what's the guy's name? Um, I think it's, um, Brian Cox. He's like the, he's like the British Neil deGrasse Tyson. Basically yeah. he's like, you know, the, the, the pop scientist guy. So I thought maybe it was something like that. We're like, Oh, like I've seen this guy on YouTube yeah. talking about why this painting is important, but in a cool, fun, relevant way or mm-hmm. I don't know something. I couldn't figure out where I knew the guy from. And, um, honestly, the first time I watched it, I, I may not have known him. Okay. Because where I ended up going, oh, he was that guy. I think I saw that later. So at any rate, um, but anyways, he is a well-known actor. He's not an, an, an art historian that they brought onto the show. He agreed to play this role. Get this on the condition that he go uncredited, which he did. And that he didn't have to do any publicity photos or interviews. What? So like his appearance in this episode was a complete surprise because it he wasn't That's credited, awesome. which means that 
you know, how they're, they're always releasing the stuff ahead of time. You know, like we know exactly who's going to be playing vendor um, because, you know, radio times released it earlier, or, you know, that kind of stuff. None of that happened. And he didn't do any publicity photos. So there was no like random shot of Amy and the doctor talking to this guy on, you know, on a, on a YouTube clip or a preview poster or anything like that. None of that existed. So I think it had an interesting side effect. I would imagine it would have had the side effect of, Oh my gosh, Bill Nike's in this episode. Like it just would have come out of nowhere. Um, so that alone was cool enough that I thought, Oh wow. He just, he just wanted to do it, but didn't want to make a big to do of it. Apparently RTD offered him the role of the ninth doctor. Why? When RTD was, Originally, you know, putting together the reboot, the relaunch, not reboot, but the relaunch of this show, he offered the part to Bill Nighy. And the way it was phrased was he was offered the part. Like that's the way it was. So I don't know. I don't want to read too much into that. It doesn't, it doesn't say RTD auditioned him for the part or anything. It Mm -hmm. says he offered it to him. But anyway, um, he obviously did not take the role but he he very easily um could have been i'm trying to remember um they oh crap i forgot i it, it, the wakia listed the reason that he turned it down he turned it down by the way he turned down the role of the ninth doctor and i think he said something about um it was it, it was fairly self-deprecating like he wasn't good enough or he oh. wouldn't bring enough to it or so, something like that so he he said no i'm not your guy and, and turned RTD down. Um, during Doctor Who lockdown, do you guys remember this? So during uh, the beginning part of the, the pandemic in 2020, um, April and May, they did, um, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody loosely affiliated with Doctor Who started doing these things that they eventually started calling Doctor Who lockdown where, uh, and we actually covered one, they, they did Rose. Remember we did an we did an episode yeah. that we called Rose Revisited. And what happened was they were rewatching Rose and I might have been on like an anniversary or something. Um and I take that back. The first one they did was an 11th Doctor episode. Yeah, and we hadn't and gotten they, that far yet, so we didn't we didn't is that that's what it was? why we didn't cover it. Oh, okay. So the idea was uh okay, at you know 11 p.m. uh Greenwich Mean Time on this mm-hmm. date everybody um, just sit down and watch it. That's hilarious, Corbin. Thank you. I'll, I'll get there. Um, the uh, on this date at this time, we're all going to push play on you know Amazon Prime or whatever and rewatch this episode. And they got all of the, these people to to live tweet. And so when they got to um, they they did Rose and they did um, I think they might have done the fiftieth anniversary. They did um, they did uh, the Rings of Aka ten. And when they did this episode, this was one of the ones that eventually they did. They did they did a bunch of them. They ended up doing like ten or fifteen of these, and and like for this episode, uh, you know, uh, uh, Stephen Moffat is going to be live tweeting and, and whatever. So when they did Vincent and the Doctor, Matt Smith was live tweeting, and while he was live tweeting, one of the things that he said was that he had a theory that Doctor Black was a future incarnation of the Doctor, like the Curator. Oh, hence the bow tie, uh, hence the instant connection and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's really, that's a, that's a, cool. a fun little thing yeah. to throw out there while you're live tweeting an event 
to me, it is completely obliterated by his reaction to Vincent hugging him at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause he's, he's like, looking at him going, oh. he's like, who is it? You can tell he's going, is that Vincent van Gogh? And then goes, no, 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 no. That's, that's insane. Yeah. And if that had been the doctor, it, it probably would have been more of a sly smile. Yeah. Which could yeah. still be interpreted anyway. It, it, it could be, you know, but anyway, so that was, that was just a fun little bit. Um, the, now the producer said that the reason that they cast such a big name for such a really small role, I mean, it has a big impact, but it's a small uh. role. The reason was that they wanted the audience to listen to his lines as he gave biographical info about Van Gogh. So the re- one of the reasons that that scene hits the way that it does is because those lines are being delivered by this, this great actor. Yeah. And I mean that in two ways. On one level, people who know this actor are sitting up and paying attention, yeah. right? And, and secondly, and I would say maybe even more importantly, he crushes it. Oh, yeah. He, I, like I said, I didn't know he was an actor when I was first watching. I literally thought they hired an art historian because the way he delivers those lines yeah. is amazing. And they wanted, they did that on purpose. They wanted people to sort of sit up and listen when we got to this part. Corbin, what, what, did, what has your research dug up? Um, uh, he was in Love Actually. <laughs> uh, he played Billy Mack. I don't know Billy who that Mac. was or how important he was. I don't know either. In the thing, but he was in that movie. That's which funny. Is perfect. So we have yet another tie-in with uh, who was it? Richard uh, Richard Curtis, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so in the cast section, Amelia Pond, Karen Gillan, Trip noted her height in this episode. What 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 was the what was the? She was standing in a doorway. She was standing behind the, the doctor, and she was taller than. Him. Yeah, <laughs> she was towering over him. She was like standing in a doorway or something yeah. in one of the scenes, not, and she was like holding the top of the thing, like the top of the doorway. Oh, is that what it was? It's like the doctor, and she's like kind of leaning on the doorway, and I'm like, yeah, Wait, Trip's how like, tall she, is she? Yeah, he's like, man, she looks really tall, and I'm like, that's because she is, and he's like, really? And then I googled it real quick. She's five foot ten and three oh, quarters, which is. Which is not giantess. No, but like, um, yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Normally it's the shorter people that are like, you know, five, mm-hmm. two and a quarter. Yeah. You know, and a quarter of an inch. And a quarter makes all the difference. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, she, she that, that is um, something that Karen Gillan is known for is uh, you want to get a good laugh. Um, put her up next to Clara. Whenever they've done like press appearances where they've been in the same room at the same time, standing next to each other, it's hilarious because Clara is on the shorter side of the scale. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so Karen Gillan is is both known for her height, and I would also argue she's like she's like sixty five percent leg. She's like <laughs> such long legs. Yeah. Um, uh, reminds me of um, uh, Julia Roberts was kind of known for the same thing back in the nineties. She was just like fairly tall woman and just like. All leg. It's like good grief. Um, so she was also, um, I, I noted somewhere in the Wikia, I don't know why this was even brought up. She was the first companion to star alongside the same doctor for two seasons. And it said since Ace. It listed, I forget the actress's name, it listed her name. And I was like, well, that's very interesting. The other way to say that is in New Who, because Ace was yeah. the last classic Who companion. Essentially, I mean, if you don't count the movie, she was she was the last one to be able to feature with a doctor in a season. You know what I'm saying? 
and what? she was the third one. Who was? What? Uh, Amy or fourth? Fourth what? Companion, Companion. and we had Rose. She was there too. Oh seasons, yeah, but the doctor yeah. died. Rose. Exactly. Yeah. So you had so Rose was in two consecutive seasons, but with two different doctors, mm-hmm. and then Martha and uh, Donna were both one season apiece. And then, yeah, and then Karen, uh, uh, yeah, Karen slash Amelia. So she was the first one, um, really even, you know, uh, well, I was going to say given the opportunity, but that's not true. Like Martha could have done two seasons. Mm. Um, and by the way, that is to star alongside with as a primary character, because Martha did appear in two seasons back to back, um, because she, she came back in, in tenants, uh, yeah. Actually, was that his third season or was that the finale? Was that the specials? I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so uh, as far as being the primary companion with the Doctor for two seasons in a row, which which made me think, um, have we, wait, did was Clara, yeah, Clara did the same thing with the 12th Doctor, didn't she? Uh, did she do two seasons with 12? I think so. I think so. Well, did she, she had part of a season with 11. Yeah, I was going to say she knew she 11. Did. So so that would bring up another thing is you know, she did she did uh two doctors in a row and then in the second doctor's time two did two seasons in a row, right? She right? She did first and second season and then we got Bill, right? Yeah. Cuz it was right on the heels heels of her dying that we got Bill. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she did um and I think we may have talked about this at the time. She she was on longer than Karen Gillan because she was there for the that half season. So she she was there two and a half seasons. At any rate, um, so wibbly wobbly memories. Did you guys? Was there anything that popped out? Um, we I feel like we had a good grasp on this episode. Yeah, I said that I was right about the mirror thing. Remember, I asked I last week. I was like. That. Was this the one with the mirror thing? And y'all were like, I don't know. And I was like, gosh, I can't remember if that was the same thing or not. Mm-hmm. I remembered him having the mirror attached to his chest. So he had like a rear view mirror. And that was the only way that he could see the thing, which I don't think we ever explained. They didn't. Yeah, I didn't no. remember them not explaining. <laughs> both I did why. feel like there was an explanation for why Vincent could see it. Yeah. yeah. He's like unique across the universe and his ability yeah. to see them. And there's just no explanation <laughs> no. given as to why that's the case. It's really weird. I mean, who needs an explanation? What? I was just going to seamlessly move on and you weren't going to notice. Um, no one would know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they totally... I, uh, the episode was about Vincent. The, uh, the episode was not about the Crefeus. Yeah, but um, that, that was just like a reason for people to watch. Yeah, so let's get more into the Crefeus in a minute. What um, what uh, else from this episode did you remember, right, or not remember? Was there anything that was a big surprise to you? Um... Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember I really watching can't. it and going and y'all going. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that part. Wow, like, that I, don't, I, don't I mean, that I did happening. forget that he fought the guy. I, I remembered that as it was happening. I forgot yeah. that Vincent accidentally killed it. I did forget about that, which was. So I didn't think he killed it with like a chair, but <laughs> yeah. like a wooden. It was like a stick or something. Yeah, I, mean, I, I love. I think he broke the chair. They stabbed that thing to the ground in the center of the shot. It's like, oh, they're gonna use that later. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I I didn't remember him, um, accidentally killing the Crefeus. I couldn't remember how we resolved the Crefeus. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that maybe we sent him back to 
his 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 flock or yeah, whatever I, um as we were watching it but then i will say this when vincent killed him i forgot how quickly we swept that under the rug oh yeah like it's oh, yeah. now i'm starting to like, under, oh no now i'm starting it's to creature. see how this was shoehorned in yeah mm-hmm. cuz we spend a lot of time with just vincent mhm most and the, of it, and the, actually and then we uh-huh. like rush to the castle real quick, uh-huh. kill the guy, and then rush back so we can have the actual like ending scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like the tragedy in the moment of I didn't mean to kill him. He was just you know, he was scared and he just, you know, yeah. lashed out like he, I do. He very much understood the creature. And I feel like we could have spent a little yeah. more time on that. Well not only that, but the point in the episode where he crashed um, like psychologically his, where his depression caught up with him was before this. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like if we had skipped that scene, cut, cut that scene of him having the moment where the doctor's like, well, I guess we're going to leave now. And then all of a sudden he comes out and he's like, I'm ready to go. Cut that scene. Right. And save that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Have him accidentally kill the Crefeus and then have and then that have moment the- would almost make more sense of him crashing into depression because of guilt over what he had done or something like that, which I don't know, maybe now that I'm saying that maybe Maybe that lessens the, the fantastic portrayal of depression because then it seems like he feels bad for what he did. Whereas, huh? That's not what that scene was at all. It's just like, yeah, the the scene as it actually happened Mm -hmm. because that's what depression is. Yeah, depression is not. Very I feel bad because I of something. It, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Depression is not necessarily. I feel bad well, because yeah. of something I did. It can be triggered that way. It, it can. It can. And that would have been a valid scene, yeah. but not a not the not better scene. Now that yes. yeah. Now that I've said that, yeah. because because let me tell you that scene is spot on mm-hmm. as far as depicting what depression can do to a loved one because we spend this time where. Amy and the doctor are getting to know Vincent and loving this guy, right? They they go from you know fanboy fangirling out to yeah, caring about this human person, being. Like, we care about it, him now. Yeah, he's it's not like, just the mythical figure of art hist- of art history. He's a real guy standing in front of us, and they they really invest in him, engage with him, and then when you have that scene, it just comes yeah. out of nowhere. And like yeah. the doctor doesn't even know what to do. He's just like, oh, yeah, really come on, let's go now. Like, as well, no. where it's like, yeah, very sudden, Ex- he uh-huh. just crashes. And- right, right. And I love the the scene um, walking down the road where um, he, you know, Amy is like, I'm sorry that you you dealt with that or whatever. Like, nope, I'm fine now. Well, and he says these these spells. Oh yeah, they just kind of can happen. last for days, weeks, and months. So the fact that I was able to 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 come out of that so quickly mm-hmm. i just i just celebrate the days that are good basically so anyway I, i'm we may have a section later on about about more of that so i don't want to linger here too long uh the checklist name of the episode spoken in dialogue no of course of course not however uh this episode in early drafts was originally entitled the eyes that see the darkness that's huh. a way better name it's a cooler name yeah but uh who did it say i think i think stephen moffat wanted vincent's name in the title yeah so they they changed it up i guess that kind of makes sense but vincent in the doctor sounds a little bit like it's a little on the nose Uh, (laughs) especially considering something just like 
What's that? It was like childish and it's like, yeah, especially Vincent considering and it, Amy. it should have been that it should have been Something. Vincent and Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely makes the episode easier to remember than well, the, yeah. the eyes that see the darkness. Which one was that? Yeah. Was that? Oh, the one with Vincent Van Gogh. Okay. You say Vincent and the doctor. You, like, you know, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, the creature of the week. We, we talked a little bit about the Crefeus. Um, anything more here other than he's a, a giant parakeet lizard? And they didn't need him in the episode. I mean, what? I <laughs> said so they didn't need him in the episode. Oh, wait. Yeah. There should have been like a Victorian murder mystery. It could have been that. The yeah. monster thing. Yeah. It makes me wonder what was the original pl- like central yeah, plot. Unless it was just Vincent just, yeah. and, and battling his depression and whatnot. Uh, which, which would have been, been interesting, interesting, but it would have been interesting. I don't think it would have been Doctor Who, though. No, that wouldn't have that been, wouldn't have been the right no. show yeah. to cover that in. Must yeah, I mean, like. when we did when we did uh, um, uh, Rosa Parks, you know, there was yeah, a there was a, you know future alien would, racist or whatever. No, he wasn't even an alien. He was human. He was just a, a time traveling racist. Time traveling racist. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's more interesting ways they could have gone with it. Anyways, like with what. Like with specifically without with the monster, Vincent even? being the only one who can see the monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have explored. It's that. like, oh, he's manifesting through his depression, which is kind of dumb. But like something along those lines to be could like, have explained it. Oh, it's not just this like meandering space jaguar. I it was a bad analogy, but like <laughs> space what? It's, it's space not, jaguar. It's not just okay. like Why is this it a jaguar. I don't creature that just got stuck. It's like, oh, it's something that's a part of Vincent's mental illnesses i feel like that could have been you're saying instead of an alien it was in vincent's mind i mean not necessarily that it was purely in his mind but especially with him being the only one who could see it it seems like it should be like this is some dark manifestation of his or what if there was what if there was alien tech oh that was taking his dark visions and nightmares and making them yeah, real. This, this is what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. Cool. Which is why he was that the only one who could, like the more he was the only one that could see, see it, it, except like eventually it fully forms and then everyone can see it or and something like real. that. Yeah, so. Mm. It, it definitely feels like it was shoehorned in late in the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't think it takes away from the episode. I think, no, I think it this. Do, it doesn't change the way, it just yeah. changed the way you think about it once you know, like, Knowing that information yeah, makes the episode make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise... It, it does make it's you like, kind of think about the stuff. Like, yeah, you oh. kind of go, you could almost take the Crefeus out and still have a great episode. And then you go, oh, they did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's or, or excuse me, the other way idea. around. <laughs> they had a great episode, and then they added in this. So yeah. Um, let's see. The psychic paper uh, tells... The, or the doctor tries to get everyone to understand that he's from the Ministry of Art and Artiness, which... That's, <laughs> yeah. If we don't already have that, we should we should definitely have that now. Yes. The Ministry of Art and Artiness. Um, the catchphrases we did have uh, bow ties are cool, and then we had the what I call the mutual bow tie admiration club, where they man, Doctor Black and the Doctor oh, were yes, just. I like your your bow ties. Right yes, now. I love later on when he comes up to him and he goes, "Oh yes, you were nice to me about my tie," because <laughs> 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 you know, in stark contrast to everyone else that I yeah, know. Yeah. It's probably what he was implying it. there, yeah. Uh, random jiggery pokery. Um, okay. I feel like we hinted at something and then just left it there. And I don't know if it was intentionally left for for fans to, you know, a, a nugget for the fans to chew on, or maybe it was cut for time when they had to shoehorn in the monster. 
were they trying to say that the translation circuit was translating Amy's accent? What? He, the, when they were first sitting at the table outside the cafe, Vincent says, oh, I can tell by your accent, you're, you're Welsh like me. Was it Welsh? Maybe it was something else. Uh, crap, it wasn't Welsh. I don't think he actually says a specific place, does he? No, he did. He does. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, though. All of a sudden, I'm thinking it wasn't well, Vincent Dutch. Well, was born in the Netherlands. Dutch. So Maybe he said, Dutch. you're Dutch like me. Mm. And and he's, I forget if he specifically says the word accent. I think he says, I can tell from your accent, you're, you're, or, or he says like, oh, your accent, you're Dutch like me, something like that. So <clears throat> here's the thing. On one level, I feel like there was a, there was a line missing because the doctor waved her off, right? She started to say, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not Dutch or, yeah. or whatever it was he said. Um, and the doctor sort of was just like waved her away. Like, don't worry about it. Just move on. And she was like, oh, okay. And like knew enough about traveling with the doctor. Like, okay, we'll just, okay, yeah. we'll ignore that. I feel like there was a line missing where later on she's like, why yeah, did he think I have a Dutch accent? And the doctor says, that's quirk of the translation circuits or something like that. However, I think it's almost better that we didn't have that scene. Well, see, that's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. Like, was it missing or was it intentionally left out? Yeah. But here's the thing. It goes one layer deeper, right? So as fans of the show, we know that the translation circuit does all kinds of crazy things. And perhaps one of the things that I think actually uh, didn't 10 and, and somebody 10 and Rose maybe talked about this where, uh, their, their, their accents get translated or something as well. So we know this as fans of the show. However, there's, there's a production layer of the joke because Corbin, is he Dutch? Is that what we said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The actual Vincent. Okay. So he's Dutch. Tony Curran, who played Vincent is from Glasgow. Oh, so he like Karen Gillan is Scottish. (laughs) Yeah. So they do have the same accent. (laughs) They have the same accent. So there's kind of this like multi-layered production level in universe joke of them having the same accent. And her instead of her saying, No, 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 I'm 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 Scottish or yeah. whatever, he just hand waves her away, like, no, 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 just move on. And they and they never came back to it. I kept waiting for that to come back up. Never did. So uh we had some great jibberty jabberty about the friction contrafibrillator, which apparently gets used later. Uh, I don't remember if they, uh, the Wikia said that it was in another, uh, there's another episode coming up, maybe the 50th anniversary where the, the friction contrafibrillator gets used to do really? something. Remember Vincent like flipped the switch. He's like, Oh, what does this do? And the doctor's like, no, 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 no. That's the friction contrafibrillator. No, apparently yeah, later on, they actually, use he uses it for what? something. So I love it when Jibberty Jabberty gets brought up again. Oh, yeah. I love I that. Like that's, that. That's my favorite. Other stuff we noticed. Um, <laughs> My note says Van Gogh, Van Gogh, or Van Goughlin. <laughs> Van Gogh. <laughs> because I explained to y'all as we were watching the episode that in the UK and Europe, there's a debate. Is it pronounced Van Gogh or Van Gogh? Whereas in America, we just completely butcher it and say Van Gogh. Yeah. 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 Well, shouldn't we pronounce it how he would have pronounced it? Uh, Goth. Yeah, sure. But I mean, it never how stopped we- us before. So, yeah. Anyways, so so you'll you'll hear you'll hear. Um, I think I think it's uh, primarily British 
that is that says Van Gogh, and it'll be the art historians like Dr. Black. If you notice in the Van episode, Gogh. in the episode, both Amy and the doctor said Van Van Gogh, like consistently. Dr. Black always said Van Gogh. Uh, and again, the whole time we're going, Van Gogh. <laughs> we're stupid. <laughs> Uncultured swine. What were we going to say, Corbin? Nothing. Oh, just just give me the hand wave away signal and I'll move on without asking why you have an accent. Um, That thing chase. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I hated this part. Um, So the scene where the doctor is standing next to the TARDIS. No, he's standing several feet away from the TARDIS. And he's looking over his shoulder at the in the mirror. And then all of a sudden, the creature is practically breathing on his neck. Oh, yeah. Is how close he is to that mirror. And the doctor begins running and looking back. And he runs a good distance and ducks down a side alley and then sticks the mirror out and sees the creature running. And the creature has been chasing him the entire time. Presumably. We've heard, no, we, yeah, we, we hear, hear it, it running behind him without stopping the entire time. And then when he finally gets around the corner and peeks around the corner with the mirror, it is still the no break in the footsteps and the footfalls. It is passing the TARDIS. So not only it's like further away from him than when it started. Yeah. So the only logical explanation is that when the doctor started running, it, ran uh, the opposite it thought something was about to go wrong in that spot and ran in the other direction and then changed his mind and turned without stopping and ran back towards him. That's all we can think of. And then add to that, that what, what happened to the Crefeus um, at that moment? Something happened and now crisis averted and the doctor peeks around the corner and there's Amy. Amy. Like, Where was she? Because he went down the first alley. Yeah, what? <laughs> so presumably when he was looking in the rear view mirror around the corner, and the thing was running, and by the way, got about halfway to him just in the couple of seconds that he was looking at him in the mirror. In that same amount, like in less time than that, Amy went from not visible in the alleyway anywhere to right on top of him. So what we've learned in this episode is that Amy moves at the speed of a weeping angel. <laughs> yes. yes. So, have we already, wait, wait a minute. <gasps> have we already had that episode? <laughs> Are we, are we like past that episode? <gasps> oh, right, right, right. Because that's yeah, where yeah. that's where we lost. Um, no, that's not where we lost no, Rory. Right. No, no. Maybe we haven't. It's still a few episodes before. Yeah. Anyways. I think so. Uh, stuff we didn't notice. My, my new favorite section. Well, this is just stuff that I pick up from the Wikia. Oh. The song at the end is called Chances by a group called Athlete. Matt Smith was a fan of... And suggested the song. Really, I love that. That's awesome. I it love was that. Such a great song too. And and what's crazy about that is, I mean, this song is just amazing and perfect. And every time I, I I have heard that song a handful of times without context, and I, it, mm-hmm. there is no other context for me. Like it is yeah. this episode. It is this scene where Vincent bawling his eyes out and everything. And honestly, like I don't even know what the words are saying. Like no, some of them, I was not listening some to. of them I'm listening to and it kind of makes sense and keys into the scene, but really it, it's just the music. It's just the music and the swelling and everything. And it's very emotional. And I love it. Um, though we didn't manage, remember last week we said, what are the chances? This is another Stephen Moffat episode. Yeah. Uh, as far as the writer, it was not another Moffat episode. However, the Wikia noted that Moffat has said, this is his 
favorite 11th Doctor episode. Oh. So, so we, we got good taste. We didn't yes. choose another Moffat episode, except Moffat that we approved. did. Yeah, that's right. Moffat chose our episode. Wait, huh? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that might be giving us more credit than we deserve. A little bit. Yeah, anyways. Uh, so who's who? Who is Amy? She's sad, but she doesn't remember why. Vincent says, I hear the song of your sadness. Oh, That's such a great line. That is such a great line. It's like it was written by an artist. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's like something you would expect an artist to say. Um, be kind. Oh, you know what? The, the other thing is, uh, it's just hitting me as I was, I was jokingly saying, it sounds like something an artist would say. It kind of sounds like something that would be said by someone who sees things that others can't mm. see. The, the, the dialogue goes deeper. Um, oh man, A- uh, Amy told Vincent at the end, be kind to yourself. And it immediately reminded me of 12's regeneration speech. He says, always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind, mm. which I have seen as many tattoos of that as I have of, we're all stories in the end. Yeah. Um, she says she's not really the marrying kind to mm. which y'all were both like, get this knife out of my heart. <laughs> This knife. Stab it into hers. What is that? What is engraved on the hilt of this knife? Rory. (laughs) Jeez, man. Um, And then they would have had the ultimate ginge. Um, So one of the things about Doctor Who lockdown is that they always had a hashtag so that you could follow along more easily. And the hashtag for this one was hashtag ultimate ginge, which I thought was amazing. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Who is Vincent? I may be mad, but I'm not stupid. Oh, that was a. That was a great line. Nice. Yes, Doctor. I understand how this works. I may be bad, but I'm not stupid. And uh, he took the time travel without missing a beat. Yeah, Didn't. what? Was that again a, a, a result of we had to cut for time? I think like, so. He had a little bit of it's bigger on the inside. No, he didn't. He had a, he had a lot of that. He had, he had, yeah, that he had a, walked around the TARDIS. Really he, yeah, he had, a, he had a great moment there. But then when it's like he stepped out of the TARDIS and he's, he's like, like, yep. Okay. We're at the Museum d'Orsay, or the Musée d'Orsay in, what did he say, uh, 2015 AD? I don't know. Didn't, didn't miss a beat. Nope, yep, totally. He was fascinated by the guy walking by with music playing out of a magical box. He's, he's like, but, nope, that's for later. Yeah, he's like, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, you know what I just thought of? The song, Wait. Was, Chances, was playing on that radio, I think. Oh, really? Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Was it? I think it was. Huh? just lie to us all of a sudden now i can't remember i feel like it was and it goes from again there's a technical name for this there's a technical name for music that's actually in the scene and not soundtrack music and and it switches from one to the other it switches from music that the characters are hearing to music that just we are hearing um i'm pretty sure about that i'm pretty sure anyways uh who is the 11th doctor Ooh, the doctor of hope remember we talked about the 13th doctor um, he did have a great line here to Vincent when Vincent was having his his dark moment. He said, "My experience is that there's always hope." And I was like, "Oh, thirteen." And then would be Vincent proud. was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you obviously haven't lived enough. You haven't had the same experience as I have. Get out!" And I was like, "Ooh, okay. oh wow, yeah." Um, down. By the way, just just um, hats off to Tony Coran for that oh, yeah. that whole scene, oh, yeah. man, because he just he plays he plays it so well. And then obviously, you know, real world there was a probably a long stint of time between filming that scene and filming the scene where he comes out with the hat and says, I'm ready to go. But mm-hmm. the, 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 the contrast there is amazing. And, um, that guy kind of always looks like he's about to cry. Like something about his, <laughs> his complexion and his eyes. 
Um, he kind of always looks a little weepy, but man, he was like, he was, mm. woo, he was earning it um, during that scene. How about the doctor being more emotionally in tune than we've ever seen him in oh, this yeah. episode? I mean, contrast this with like him telling uh, Kazran, like him giving Kazran romance advice, which was just garbage, oh. you know, and and just being like, and then and then I noticed that the next time reminded us that the next episode is the Lodger, oh my God. where he's arguably as clueless as we ever see him. Yeah, where are you strong? Have some arms. Arm. Uh, yes, here. <laughs> I have, I have some, some rent. rent. <laughs> the bag full of rent. The paper bag full of cash. Here, have some rent. Like, have, have a piece rent. of gum. Have some rent. What? Uh, I, I trust that's enough. It seemed like a lot. I don't know. Um, yeah. Very emotionally in tune in this episode. Very sensitive. Playing well for the topic at hand, but maybe they just should have given all of those lines to Amy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. and let the doctor just be like I don't know emotions, <laughs> um, emotions. what's a sadness <laughs> what's a sadness I'm never a sadness yeah right um oh I loved his line is this how time normally passes really slow and in the right order and in the right order <laughs> I love it when the doctor has to experience reality like the rest of us you know like, um, it's like that episode uh, The Power of Three where he's just sitting around with, with Amy oh, and Rory, yeah. like living life with them for a month or something. And he's just like, he's going crazy. Um, he says, I'm over, I'm armed with overconfidence, this, whatever the thing he was holding, and a small screwdriver. I think <laughs> I had like a, the box that had the mirror in it. Is that what it was? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the, like, the, what could go the wrong? The rear mirror thing, yeah. And uh, what? The, oh, uh, Vincent says he's the first doctor ever to make a difference in his oh. life, which is just, oh. Yeah, that one that one gets you. That one gets you. There, I, I think the the end of this episode is just it just keeps getting better mm-hmm. and better. Like they have a really meaningful goodbye, followed by the the just devastation that is the the museum scene, followed mm-hmm. by another really good goodbye. Yeah, you know, followed by ugh, just you know realizing that you know Amy's yeah. convinced that time can be rewritten and we've we've done yeah. it. We've we've fixed Vincent. And then you find out, no, which brings us to, can we talk about good things and bad things? Amy says, we didn't make a difference at all. Mm. And the doctor delivers um, one of those, one of those lines that makes me go, this is why we watch yeah. Doctor Who. This it, These are the things that we tattoo on our bodies. Yeah. These are the things <laughs> yes. that people write okay. and turn into works of art and uh, write this songs about. This is why the show is still happening. Yes, and and do amazing YouTube compilation videos because mm-hmm. somewhere out there, I guarantee you, there is a compilation video where the Eleventh Doctor is saying this speech interspersed with other scenes from Doctor Who. You know, he says every life is a pile of good things and bad things, and the good things don't always soften the bad things, but the bad things don't spoil the good things or make them unimportant. And that's just mm-hmm. one of those. Ugh, if you can, if you can grab a hold of that in your life and carry it with you. Um, We so, so often want good things and feel like if something is not perfect, that it's ruined or it's, it's not worth it. Or if you have a a good thing and a bad thing gets mixed in with it, that it's, it's tainted and it's ruined and it's over and, and we should just despair and give up all hope. And, and his reminder here that life, that's life. 
Life is good things and bad things. You're going to have both. But you don't, you can choose whether or not the bad things spoil the good things. When the doctor says the good things don't always soften the bad things, but the bad things don't spoil the good things, I would, the only thing I would change there is they don't necessarily spoil the good things because you you can let them. You can let the negatives in your life outweigh, overshadow, and and destroy the good things in your life, or you can choose not to. And and the 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 tragedy here, the the, the tragic part of this speech, as it, especially as it relates to this episode, is the first half of that. The good things don't always soften the bad things. So the idea that just because you do something good for someone doesn't mean you fixed everything for them mm-hmm. is basically what the doctor's saying here. But he says we definitely added to his pile of good things. And I'm like, well, there's a mantra you can live by for your entire life. How many good things can you add to the pile? Whether that's the pile of life, (laughs) just everyone, the the pile of good things here on earth amongst our species, or with a specific individual life, you may not be able to save everyone. You may not be able to save anyone, but can you add to their pile of good things? If you can, then do that because that's good in and of itself. Hey, guys. Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If, 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 you know, if life affirming conscientious <laughs> rants like you just heard, <laughs> mixed with comedy is what you're looking for. Yeah. And you find value in what we do like Victor, Jared, and James do, you know what to do. Noobs in the slash support. Get it while you can. Um, our overall impressions. How did you like it this time compared to last time? I'm going to just start and say, I don't know if I can ever watch this episode without liking it more than I did the previous time. Yeah. I think I've seen this one now four or five times and I just like, there's, there's certain episodes of certain shows that I've gone back and when I've rewatched them, I'm like, yeah, nah, that was okay. Or, or diminishing returns. Like you watch it and it's, and it, oh, this was the best ever. And then you watch it again yeah. and you're like, it was even better than I remember. And then you watch it a third time and you're like, that was pretty good. And then you watch it a fourth time and you're like, I don't have mm. to ever watch this again. I don't have to rewatch this. <laughs> I've, I've sucked all the marrow out of this episode. Like we're fine. This is not one of those, man. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time I watch this, I enjoy like, it even yes. more. I get even more out of it. I, I was pumped for this one. I'm not going to lie. I was, it's and I one, was not let down too. I was like, exactly. This one was awesome. I I tried not to get as hyped for this one as I have for some of the the other best ofs yeah. that we've done. Just be like, I think this was a good one. Let's let's see if it holds up. And and yeah, oh, just, just absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you're saying even with the hype, even it, with it me hyping up. it up, it's yeah, still that's awesome. Still, still so um, more. I'm gonna say more and more every time. Who's I, who's next? I'm I'm gonna agree with that. I've only watched this twice as of now, but I do feel like I could sit down and watch this over and over again and just yeah, I'd even get more or even different things out of it every time because we're all in different stages of our life and this does cover yes. like a wide yes. range and also very specific for I, this person, but it can be applied to everyone. I think that's part of of why you can keep yeah. coming back to this because it'll speak to you in whatever moment you're in so yeah so i think i like this a lot better this time than i did last time awesome corbin i mean y'all have kind of said everything there is to be said 
I did I did enjoy it more. Okay, unless you were going to come Nothing in and be like, add. nah, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I thought you were about to say. Okay. I thought you were going to go, well, you guys made it impossible for me to say this, but it was a turd. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, Corbin says, yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Um, in a new section called News, uh, well, there goes all my hopes and plans for the 60th anniversary. Christopher Eccleston in a uh, Q&A session at a con, uh, at a, at a Q&A panel has said, I've never been a fan of multi-doctor stories. Oh, when what? I worked on the series, I had really strong ideas about what works and what doesn't. And I always think that multi-doctor stories are a bit of a cash in and a bit of exploitation. Creatively, they never worked for me. I looked at the script for the 50th anniversary and I felt as soon as I said I wasn't doing it, it got better. Because, well, I'm not in it. That makes it better. What? Uh, but the, uh, what does he say? Oh, and then he says, the, the creation of the War Doctor introduced a whole new facet to the canon. I know it made some people anxious, the fundamentalists, but no, I mean, uh, the father of us all is William Hartnell, but the greatest doctor is Jodie Whittaker. That was, that was a great line. Um, so at any rate, um, oh, he, okay, he concludes the ninth doctor in particular is a one-man band, definitely. So he doesn't mm. work with other doctors. If you want me back, you'd get me on my own. Wow. So that is that is a roller coaster of a of a news story. There, it starts off with saying, "Yeah, he ain't going to be there for the 60th," but then ends with, "But maybe he'd come back for something else." Right. Like I, I don't know how that works. But if I am back, I'll be the only one. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how do you expect the pull of that one off? Yeah. Now we have to remember he's he's speaking off the cuff, answering a question and a panel. So when he says, "If you want me back, you get me on my own." is not a contractual obligation yeah, no. or anything. He's not saying, sure, I'll do it. He's saying that's the only way that it would happen. He's speaking off the cuff. So I'm sure that, um, not, that everyone has read into this entirely too much. However, I will, <laughs> I will point out that the article, this is at uh, doctorwhotv.co.uk, uh, the article ends with, it's an interesting attitude change from Eccleston. In 2020, he said he would return to the TV show, quote, only when hell freezes over, unquote. <laughs> um, so then they say, however, a big hurdle still is whether his working relationship with Russell T. Davies can be repaired. So the fact that he sounds like he's definitely not coming back for the 60th, followed by the show will have already been at that point taken over by Russell T. Davies. And we know how things ended up with them, sort of. Um, we know as much as not good. Um, doesn't, doesn't leave me very hopeful that we'll ever see the ninth doctor on film again, but that's what happens. But I'm, I'm really starting to wonder what the heck are they going to do for the 60th? And I, yeah. I genuinely don't know. Um, Whitaker will have just regenerated. So it'd be weird for her to be there. Yeah. I kind of wish she wasn't going to regenerate now. Mm. I wish she was going to, that they were going to hold her out till the, til 60th. the 60th. So we can have her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and it's weird. If you're going, the only way it would work is if you did some sort of out of the time stream episode where you go ahead and have Jody there and like you have, I don't know, something like uh, part of her regeneration episode is her getting like pulled into the matrix. And uh, so the matrix from Doctor Who, not the matrix, yeah, um, where she gets pulled in and like all of her incarnations are in there for some reason or something um, or some of the incarnations, you know the ones that we could get to show up. Yeah. Um, you do something like that and then, and then 
the next season you introduce the new doctor. But if they're going to introduce the new doctor in the 60th anniversary, A, I think that's weird and all by itself, that's weird. And B, if you then make it a multi-doctor story, I I pity the fool. Yeah, I pity the 14th doctor if their first episode is a multi-doctor story. I I don't know how you recover from that. Um, Not to say... That, it's not possible. It, yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna keep watching the show. <laughs> so, anyways, well, hey guys, um, the game plan next week we are going back to the master plan, watching the 1999 comic relief special, The Curse of Fatal Death. And guess yeah. what, guys? It is free on YouTube. It is free on the official Doctor Who YouTube page. I'll uh, try and link up to that in the notes. But if you just search, go to YouTube, search The Curse of Fatal Death number one search result, uh, unless for some reason your analytics turn out differently than mine, you're going to get that official one. They put it up for free on Red Nose Day um, a couple years ago hmm. as like a, in you know, in honor of, you know, Red Nose Day, we're putting up the, the 1999 uh, special that we did. So, um, okay. I did want to lay a little bit of groundwork. We're not, I don't think we're going to do like an official um, uh, 0.5 episode primer, but I did want to let you know that uh, if it's not clear already, The Curse of Fatal Death, the title alone should tell you, this is not canon officially. This is um, a, (laughs) my notes say, shut up and eat your popcorn at its best. So it is during the dark years, right? So this is after the movie was done, three years after the movie was done. And to my knowledge, the 2005 restart was not even being discussed. Mm -hmm. And so Comic Relief, um, Red Nose Day, Doctor Who, um, I don't know if it classically did this. I don't even know how long Comic Relief has been going on. But I know in New Who, Doctor Who has often been involved. Um, I think the episode, um, uh, the, the, what was it, Time Crash with, with, 10 and five. Oh. I think that was a, a comic relief special. Really? Um, yeah, there's a, there was another one um, with uh, some alien that got loose on the TARDIS with the doctor. It was like a mini sode that was also comic relief. So they've done lots of things. And um, so I don't know if this was like the first one of those, but they did this whole thing. And I, if I remember correctly, it's like maybe 25 minutes. I was thinking that it was considerably longer, but it's like a 25 minute special. It is obviously parody comedy they're going to um and and i'm basically i I know this stuff but but everything else i'm going to say is based off of what i know of it because i haven't watched it yet but it's it's they poke fun at a lot of doctor who tropes Um. a lot of gags that like i i previewed one uh one little clip and or no it was the very beginning because i was like wait a minute do they really have the whole episode on here and so i clicked on it and I watched like the first couple of minutes and right off the bat, there's a great little line that happens with Rowan Atkinson throwing out something that just pokes fun at Doctor Who and sci-fi in general and stuff like that. So that's what this is. I already mentioned that I think we're going to see five regenerations of the Doctor, five incarnations of the Doctor, something like that, along with the first actual, uh, the actual first female Doctor <laughs> who happens to be the 13th incarnation in this episode. Um, so we're going to start off, by the way, with Rowan Atkinson as the ninth doctor. That's, that's huh. the, the beginning of the episode. So um, after that, we've decided we're going to go back into the Star Trek universe to cover Star Trek Discovery's Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Oh, that is available so on Paramount+. Plus. And this is, again, uh, this is uh, Groundhog Day, but it's cause and effect, but it's in disco. So, yeah. Anyways. What? 
<laughs> you heard me. And Dwight is playing Harry Mudd. And Dwight yes. is playing Harry Mudd. It's it's fantastic. Oh oh, I did I did want to preface, and we'll we'll talk about this again next week. Um, I pre pre watched it for family friendliness, and of all things, in the previously on Star Trek Discovery, there is one cuss word. But other than that, I really? didn't clock any cuss words. I don't think. Um, there's, uh, there is a Star Trek level of violence, you know, uh, explosions and vaporizing oh, and, yeah. and blowing out the airlock and, and different things like that. Um, so parents maybe, maybe pre preview it because disco is not, um, 7 PM on CBS on yeah. over the airwaves. It is, it is an online show. So you, you know, just preview it. See if you think it's all right for your kiddos. I think it was okay, but I didn't feel comfortable saying, no, it's totally fine. So anyways, guys, News in the Hoovian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is this one. I'm Trip. And your production editor is that one. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Fandom.com for their trivia. Thanks to uh, Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us over at NoobsInTheHoovian.com where you can find all the links to all the things, including a big fat subscribe button because that's what you're supposed to do and wherever you do it make sure that you leave a rating throw some stars at our face and share us with a friend not because we're a great show but because we watch one as always my name is Austin I'm the Hoovian these are my sons Corbett and Trip and we're the news and until next time be safe if you can be but always be amazing uh, goodbye so many bloopers mm. be whoop why hello there are you going why hello there um yeah we're gone General Kenobi. No, that wasn't it. It's got to be more robotic than that. I don't. I'm not a robot. What? Numbers as well. Was General Kenobi a robot? What are you talking? Did I miss something? No. He was in something called the Lazarus General Grievous is the guy who says General Kenobi. Oh. Remember, Obi-Wan jumps in and he stands up and he says, Hello there. And he says, General Kenobi. But not like that, apparently. Hey, are we still recording? Yes. All right, let's do an actual sound check then. We got all of that. Che- <laughs> check a check a one two. Here's me. Uh, check a check a three four. Here's uh, the one and only trip. What? <laughs> I wanted to sound fancier than you. So you one upped him as yes. the one and only. Here's the. Here's the. And then me. here is three. Three. What? Oh. The and three. Uh, yes. So, hey, me, what does it sound three, like, Corbin? The one and three. No, what, huh? <laughs> no, me, the, and three. Three. You Obviously. got stuck with the cool nickname. Hey, what does it sound like, Corbin? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're trying again. It's a sound check number dose. What the heck you look like? What? You're breaking it. Poor K, no los dose. <laughs> what? <are you> what? <laughs> Is that super glitchy? Are we going again? I call for how does it sound now? Poor K no los dos. Just Poor K no los dos. Bienvenidos a homestarrunner.com. Can also say my girl? Si, somos buenos amigos. What? How do you remember all that? Because I've seen it like a hundred times. Why? You know, those dos. <laughs> <laughs> One. Why did you say that? Uh, because I said sound check numero dos, and this is now sound check numero four. Cuatro. <laughs> Porky no Cuatro. Numero, four. numero four. Numero <laughs> four.
just yeah, why is there a line already. in there? What is that for? It's crunchy in my in my ear hole. Stop. I almost said sound hole. <laughs> crunchy in my sound hole? <laughs> it goes crunch, crunch in my sound holes. <laughs> what? Hey, uh, sound check number one. Uh, sound check number like seven, I think, at this point. Sound check cinco. Okie dokie. 